the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the Custody Queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the Custody Queens. Good morning everybody, I'm Kristen Holstrom and sitting next to me is Samantha McBride and we are the Custody Queens. We're super excited to have this conversation with you this morning, and we couldn't be more excited to be part of the Go Country family. We have a great show for you today. And we just cannot wait. We wanna give a big shout out to the Brothers on Law who are personal injury attorneys. If you wake up a little early, you can catch their show right before ours. Before we get into today's episode, which is everything Parenting 101 tips, tricks, court orders, and the like, we are going to play our famous TMI question jar game. TMI. For those of us who are just listening or tuning in, our TMI game stands for too much information. Kristen and I both pull from the question jar and answer a question. We have no idea what the questions are, and so we're ready to get going. And I love this game, Sam, because you know what? I'm always giving TMI, and so are you. So this is a perfect game for us. It's a way to give you our TMI. So I'm going to let you start this morning. I'm starting. Okay. During the pandemic, was there ever a point that you thought that you had lost it? Yes. There was a lot of points that I thought that I had lost it. I think for me, my low was probably in bed again with my Doritos and snacks feverishly writing to opposing counsel, and then I realized that it was a Sunday. So I'm pretty notorious for not knowing what day of the week it is, but the pandemic has really just taken my schedule off. I'm working at 1 a.m. on a Sunday, on a Saturday. I have no idea where anything is going, and I really need help with my calendar. <laughs> and that that is a great note, because I will say, I think I can speak from everyone that was working from home. There's no boundaries at home. So people, opposing councils, parties, they think just because you're home, you work from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., and everyone has your cell phone, and it's hours and hours on Zoom. And there really was, it was like Groundhog Day every single every day. day. There was no outlet. I really, truly said, how am I working 70 hours a week from home when I wasn't working this much in the office and it's just because there's there's no it was literally truly Groundhog Day every day. You actually have a good pandemic story don't you Kristen? I do. I have a great I'm gonna make you share it even (laughs) though it's not your question. I have a great pandemic story and this is where I truly had a face-to-face with myself in the mirror and I looked at myself and I said wow. Where were you? Okay, let me just say, I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, Kristen, you have reached a low point. (laughs) Okay, and my voice is pretty high, so for me to go low, it was a low point. It was pouring down rain. Uh, I was due with my son, it was two weeks before I was due with my son. So I was 38 weeks pregnant, which would put us at mid-April, a couple weeks into the shutdown. Um, where everyone was, everything was kind of, you know, people are still freaking out, worried, and, but we're starting to go stir crazy. And I too, like the rest of the nation, was on the hunt for toilet paper. 
And I think it was my third shop. You had toilet paper. I did. But you it, were on it, the hunt for more I toilet paper. I like to have months and months of backups. Because you're a hoarder. <sighs> Do we have to talk about that on every show? And... You know, like I said, it was pouring down rain. I had just gotten out of the shower and I had on lime green Lululemon leggings. And I had on a Custody Queen sweatshirt that was a size small. And mind you, I'm 38 weeks pregnant. So the sweatshirt didn't even entirely cover my ginormous pregnant belly. And it was kind of hovering right around my belly button. I had um, kind of like the wet hair look. And I had white socks with pink Crocs. And that was kind of what I was wearing that morning because nobody was home. I didn't have any Zoom meetings. And I wore that outfit to Walmart. And, <laughs> and it wasn't until I was actually looking at hats and I happened to look at the mirror and look at myself and I really thought, Kristen, you have hit an all-time low. You've you, lost you it. You have officially lost it. So that was, that was my kind of like pandemic bottom point. That's great. So, but yes, I think my belly button hanging out at, you know, Walmart and constantly pulling my sweatshirt down was part of it too. So, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that things are looking up and being optimistic and moving forward. That's awesome, Kristen. All right, it's your turn. All right, I'm going to pull out of the jar. I am opening the question now. And the question says, what is something strange about you that most people would not know? Okay, I think I have a lot of strange antics, but I think one of the strangest things about me is that I don't towel dry when I get out of the bath or the Wh shower. What do you mean? I just don't dry off. I um, Sometimes if it's in the morning, I go straight to my robe and put it on without drying, or I just go straight to my pajamas or my clothes. And I've done it for as long as I can remember. I just don't use a towel. So your clothes are wet? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just strange, and it's funny because I intuitively try to do it with my daughter when she gets out of the you know the bath I try to go straight to the pajamas and she's like mom I need to dry off and I'm like oh you're one of those you're one of those <laughs> that's funny I think for me probably the weirdest thing about me would be that my socks never match ever <laughs> that and that is true that is very true once once in a blue moon because I just have a big sock drawer and once in a blue moon I'll pull out a matching pair and I get a little scared and I normally just throw them back yeah, I'm kind of like that too. I actually like when doing my husband's socks, I just match. If they're close, I throw them together. And he's super anal. And I don't even throw them together. They're just they're in there. <laughs> I have, I have a ankle sock with a high sock, and I get a lot of complaints from my friends. I but. have seen you come into court with two different socks, um, and and to the office quite often. I'm not as bad as you. I I at least try to make sure that the color matches. But you know, all fair. If it's black, it's black. It's it's a match. Let's go. That's funny. Yeah, I'll have like a holiday sock on one foot and like an ankle sock on the other. <laughs> always. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the custody queens, and you can call us at one eight hundred four one nine seven 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 two. That's 1-800-419-7772. So now I think it's time to transition into our CQ Court. For anyone who doesn't know what CQ Court is, it is a hypothetical case that Kristen and I bring up each week. Kristen's going to play the attorney this week. I'm going to play the judge. I'm going to let Kristen go ahead and take it off with our topic. Kristen, who's your client? So my client, I'm going to call him 50 Frank. Court is now in session. Your Honor, I'm Kristen Holstrom, and I represent 50 Frank. 
And I just want to tell you some facts, Your Honor, about this case. My client wants 50%. Uh, he works in L.A. He lives in Orange County. That shouldn't be considered. How, how many kids are we talking here, counsel? Uh, we're talking about three. Okay. And he just wants 50%. 50%, that's all he wants. Well, he let, just let, wants let's to... slow down here, counsel. Where is he living? He's living in Orange County, and he's driving to L.A., and mom's living in Orange County, too. Okay. And when did the parties separate? About a year ago. Okay. And what does mom do? She stays at home. And what does your client do? He works in L.A. He's an IT developer. How many hours a week does he work? Well, it depends on the week. But that, Your Honor, I, I hope you wouldn't consider that. He just wants 50%. Counsel, I'm certainly going to consider that. What's his schedule? Well, his schedule, it, it varies. He's IT. It's, you know, it's crazy hours. But sometimes he has to leave at 4 in the morning. Sometimes he leaves at 7. But he's super flexible, you know, when it's time for him to have the kids. Okay, and how long has he been at this job? 12 years. How old are the children? 3, 9, and 11. Okay, so the 3-year-old's not in school? No. So where's your client going to have the 3-year-old? I, I don't think that's relevant, Your Honor. I, I, I'm really looking forward to just having the court make a 50% timeshare. Okay, and, and why does he want 50%? You keep saying 50, counsel. Because he wants 50%. That's what's most important to him. He really wants to make sure he has the children half of the time. He needs 50%. That's what's best for the kids. He just, he really wants a 50% timeshare. Is there anything else, counsel? No, I really don't think any of the other factors are relevant. I, I just think that he needs 50%. Okay, counsel, thank you for your argument. While I appreciate your client's concern for spending frequent and continuing time with the children, and the court does value that in making an order, what you're asking for is not practical based on what you're telling me. It is not in any way, shape, or form to say that dad should not have a lot of contact, and I think that we can make sure that we make up some time for maybe a Friday to a Monday schedule, but it's just not practical if one parent is available and the other isn't. And really marginalizing a child to a percentage or a timeshare is it's not workable for this court so i'm not going to order a 50 50 i'm not going to make a arrangement where the children are in a third-party care when another one is available i understand limited child care is necessary sometimes but that's just not the order i'm going to make today counsel well i respectfully uh disagree with your ruling, Your Honor. Court is adjourned. And something to, just for our listeners, that is the number one thing that you should never do when you walk into court. 50-50. You should never use percentages. Children are children. They should not be labeled with a percentage. I can't tell you how many times a discussion or this issue specifically comes up where people want to associate a number or a percentage with a timeshare. The much better way to ask the court for that order would be something like this. Your Honor, my client would like a schedule based on the best interest of the children. He understands that he has to work in LA. He does have childcare in the afternoon. He's definitely considering the children's sports, but he would, he, my client would like two evening visitations during the week to make sure that he has time to do the children's homework, that he can engage in some games and just, you know, be present with the kids for a few hours before they go to bed. And then what my client would be asking is for three weekends a month, maybe Friday when my client gets off work and he can drop them off at school on those Mondays. And, and that's a great point. And it's something that 
people don't realize they they jump into a, a divorce or a child custody situation and their sole focus is 50 50 and it's not to say that you shouldn't have a joint arrangement a parenting plan that gets as close to a roughly equal timeshare as possible, but you have to be practical and every case is unique. So in the fact pattern that we were just talking about, it's not that dad doesn't get custody because dad is dad. It's that you need to get creative with picking up meaningful time when dad's not at work. The situation is going to be different if you have two parents that are both working. You don't necessarily have a choice then because a parent's not home. We're not saying that you automatically get the preference if you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad or parent, but we are saying you want to craft an order that's unique. And so kind of to that end, the topic of the show is parenting plans and, and how you can work to craft a schedule that best suits the needs of your children. That's going to change as your kids get older and what their education is, whether or not they have extracurricular activities, how far apart the parents live from one another. And just a little tip there, if you are using an attorney or have consulted with an attorney that is using a percentage with you or has ever asked for an order using a percentage, you need to call us. because And, and run away from and, that. And run away fast because an attorney should never be using any percentage when addressing the court or asking orders or even speaking when you're speaking with the mediator as a client. That's just a little tip. Yeah, and, and I think it's a great point because often when you ask a, a opposing party or a, a person why they want 50-50, they don't automatically have an answer. They just, they want it because they perceive that if you break up, then you share your kids. Well, yeah, you share your kids, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's right for them. One thing that Kristen and I really try to do when we look at every case is maximize parenting time to both parties. So it's not about having a week on, week off schedule. Sometimes that is best, but it's about getting in there and picking up those hours so your children can spend a lot of time with both parents. That's the goal. Children are very stressed out and they're often going through things that no one should have to go through, but a lot of children do. And so you want a consistent schedule. Something Kristen and I do a lot is put a lot of specificity into court orders. Kristen actually initially taught me that. But putting specificity in orders helps to establish that expectation, right? It absolutely does. And it also keeps you from having to go back and hire an attorney over and over. That's one thing that Sam and I do is we always think long term. I'm not thinking getting you orders that are best for this second right now. I'm always thinking, okay, what happens when there's no school on Monday? What happens if there's another global pandemic and the schools are shut down? How should your orders be worded to prevent any confusion or conflict between you and the other party? We're always thinking past today. And when in doubt, you want the specificity. We get parents come to us and and parents in general, everyone wants what's best for their children ultimately, but how do you put that into a court order? Kristen and I's kind of MO is to start with specificity and and then back up from it. If if parents want to agree outside of a court order to, you know, both be at a basketball game or something like that, we encourage that. But with the specificity, you have the building blocks to keep yourself out of court. You do not want to hang out with us every day. We probably want to hang out with you, but you don't want to spend the rest of your children's minority in court. 
No, and that's absolutely, absolutely true. And you also, once you get that plan, you can deviate it. Nobody knows your children better than you and the other, the children's mother or father, the other party. But nobody knows those children better than you. The judge spends 15, 20 minutes with you unless you're set for trial. The mediator spends a half an hour with you. You people are just a number to the court personnel. And nobody knows those kids. So if there's soccer, there's basketball, or one of your children is better on the virtual system going forward, or one of your kids is better in person, Person. You always want to make sure that you can deviate and that you get to a place. You're, you're the expert for your children. And something you all you also need to consider is restraints on conduct. That's a big one. I mean, Sam, can you give me a couple examples of what not to do when you're going through a custody case that would affect the court making an order on a parenting plan? I would say primarily the number one do not do this is go to your child, especially when they're young, and tell them, where do you want to live? Mommy and daddy are going through a court case. Dad cheated on me. Pick that's, my that's side. That's the number one. That's the number one. Telling your children about things that your ex has done. That could alienate you. It absolutely alienates you. It creates conflict. It puts some conflict on the child. But I can't tell you how many times over the years that comments are made such as, well, my mommy doesn't like daddy's new girlfriend. Or, or something related along those lines. And and we get it, it's emotional. But think about how that child feels. Now that child has a secret to keep from the other parent and they're starting to shut down and we see the effect of it a lot. And for the most part, what happens is a, a parent doesn't mean to do it, right? No, they're it, just it, frustrated. It's likely coming from an emotional aspect of that parent not moving on. I mean, moving on emotionally is a huge part of the process. You have to be able to move on from the relationship and move into the new space that you now have with co-parenting. I mean, moving on is an aspect that happens, it, it's, it happens a lot throughout our lives. We have to say goodbye to something and we have to move on to a new arena. We have to, we have to adapt to our new environment. Hold that thought, we'll be right back. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So, so Kristen, how do you handle a situation where you have a new significant other? So that's actually happening a lot right now. We have, a, this is called co-parenting with blended families. We have a new stepmom, we have a new stepdad, we have, you know, half siblings, we have we have parents, you know, say dad marries mom and, and uh, this is stepmom and she's got a couple kids. So we have all of these new issues, but one of the biggest things is to let it happen organically. I mean, don't push it, don't force it because that is, it puts stress on the children and it's just really something that should happen organically. I, I can tell you there's a few things that I've learned not to do. Um, that would be something is don't buy, try to buy the children's love. Uh, don't force the inner interaction if you are the new parent or spouse coming into the already existing relationship don't try to force it with anybody not your ex-partner not the kids not not anybody and pay attention to how your children are reacting because there is a very critical time where your children are exposed to this very new life and you can use that as an avenue to make it positive for them 
And it's not always gonna be positive, right? Often it's stressful and it, it, it turns to these children losing a lot of sleep, but that's where parents can get together and, and get services for the children if they need them, right? For sure, I mean, life isn't perfect. I, I mean, I, I, I look at my own life every day and I have this in my head of how perfectly my day is gonna go. And it never goes and that way. And it never goes that way, ever. I mean, it starts from you know, the first five minutes that I spill my coffee as I'm trying to walk out the door. Life isn't perfect. You right. can't try to force it. So you need to come from parenting and a co-parenting. If there's blended families, you need just to come from the approach to let it happen. Would you recommend that a significant other meet at some point the other parent? Absolutely. I think that the introduction phase is is sets the stage and the tone for everything. So let me give you two examples, Sam. Okay. We have, you know, a very organic introduction where, you know, the mom set up a Starbucks meeting with dad and his new girlfriend. And it's not dinner. It's not lunch. It's coffee. So that way, if anyone's uncomfortable, they can leave. And it's just a meet and greet. But I do think it's important for everybody to know each other. So that way, assumptions aren't being made. And it's just, it's a comfortable setting. Okay, so that's one example. And then you have your other example. Okay, I'm gonna do the exchange at the police station and I'm gonna have my new girlfriend videotape the whole thing and- Bad idea. Bad idea, ding, ding, ding. If you're getting that advice, hire new counsel. Right, I agree, I couldn't agree more. And if, if there's a really high conflict case, would you, would you ever recommend that that meeting happens in a therapeutic setting or in a counseling setting? A hundred percent. There's a lot of mental health professionals. There's reunification therapists. There are child psychologists. There are a lot of people that are qualified to give you advice and instruction on how that introduction should be made, when that introduction should be made. I mean, this goes into another issue that we deal with a lot is if you're someone that's dating and you're going through a custody case, that is okay. But keep that dating your personal life. Uh, uh, yeah, especially right Right away. You are confusing your child. Yeah, I mean, when you have children and you're introducing a new partner every two months, not only does it not look good for your stability if you're going through a custody case, but it also is really hard on your kids. I mean, are they supposed to be meeting a new person in your life every three months and then it breaks up? I can tell you that that can be detrimental to a custody case. It really can because it exemplifies instability, bad decision-making skills, and it does not come from a child center approach that you always need to consider with every aspect of your life when you are going through a custody case. So what if you get someone that says, well, how do I know if this is a good partner for me until they meet my kid? First, I'd advise them to go talk to someone qualified, but you know, basic, basic advice or instruction that you can give is, it, there should be no number or set specific time. It should be when both the child is ready and you think the new partner is ready. And it should really be done in a very organic, a kid-friendly, age-appropriate setting. Age-appropriate's big, right? You, you don't tell the same thing that you would to your six-year-old as you would to your 17-year-old. Absolutely not. I have different conversations and I have to relay different things to my six-year-old than I do my three-year-old. Um, and with my four-month-old, it's just a lot of, you know, um, baby talk and kisses and, and blowing bubbles on his end. But you have to remember who your audience is at all times. Our Custody Queen team is growing. If you think you would be a good fit for our team, please email your resume to Kristen at custodyqueens.com. We are hiring for all positions, specifically attorneys and paralegals. So Kristen, what other parenting 101 tips would you say you have? 
parenting 101 tips, okay? I guess the biggest one that I have would be to communicate. And I think that's the biggest one in life in general. I can tell you that all of my really successful relationships are relationships that I have where communication always flows and I am able to process, communicate, receive the information, not act with coming from a place of defense, and I'm not using anybody or any aspect as a weapon, right? Right, and and both parents have the right to the care, custody, and control of their children, and they need to respect each other's parenting. There's different types of parenting style out there, but it's really important to make sure that when you're looking at what's right for you and, and a parenting plan in general, that you guys are acting according to what's true to your children. Absolutely. I mean, parents have the right to care, custody, and control until they don't. Until they don't. And part of that's so communication. And so Kristen and I will talk a lot and always do throughout our shows about parenting portals and how important they are. And the parenting portal, for anyone that doesn't know, is a message board where one parent can type a message, share a photo, enter a calendar event for another parent, and the other parent receives it. We we love them, but whatever communication works for you, it needs to be consistent and it needs to not be from an accusatory standpoint. Absolutely. And it needs to come from a place that you're not resenting that you're being ordered to use it and you're not angry that you have to use it because you think that your angry text messaging at 1 a.m. was the best the best and most successful route during the process. Embrace the program. And if you really utilize the co-parenting programs that are out there, communication will follow right? It just happens. And a perfect example of how to communicate is a lot of times uh, an issue that will come up during the process of going through custody litigation is when a child may have a bruise or a mark and the other parent just simply calls or goes on the talking parents or text message and just blames and accuses. So there's a different way to look at that. If you actually come from the standpoint of, hey, I noticed this on the child's arm. Do you know how this happened? Because that comes from a different mindset that you're not blaming and you're not accusing, but you're actually really trying to find out what happened. Right, and while Kristen and I will, you know, candidly think it's a great idea to keep a record of what's going on in general it keeps everyone honest this is not a time to preserve your record for court per se this is a time to really figure out what's going on with your child and honestly first step is probably a a phone call and hey do you want to meet at urgent care or let's set up an appointment or a, a doctor visit and figure out what's going on can you imagine how you would feel being that parent doing nothing wrong and then having someone reach out to you and say, you did this, or how dare you, or you're negligent. Oh, especially since I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old who climb trees and jump off things they right. shouldn't. I could definitely feel for somebody getting a random or urgent text message addressing that without asking me what happened. Because I can tell you, I have a daughter that does gymnastics all over my house. And every time I turn around, she's doing a cartwheel or a handstand. Sometimes they're probably not the best place to do it and she has some scratches right and I wouldn't want to be accused of something that was so innocent and it's not to say not to actually look for the signs that is occurring because obviously we need to protect our children absolutely jumping out of the gate saying that is really going to bite you in the butt later because they're just gonna 
they're gonna go right back at you. The next time something happens, your child gets a sunburn, you're gonna get a scathing message and probably in a call from an attorney that you don't like. Absolutely. We just wanna wrap it up today. It was so much fun being here. We are so happy and we are so excited to be on the show. What a great show, everyone. It is so awesome spending our Saturday mornings with you. I don't know if you're like me, and I just keep pretending it's fall. I have some fall decor. I have my uh, eucalyptus stress reliever candle going. And if I just keep wearing sweatshirts and blankets, and I'm not even going to lie, I wore my Ugg boots one day this week, and it was only a solid 100 degrees in Orange County this weekend. You can check us out online at custodyqueensonair.com. You can also check out our Instagram. We have Custody Queens On Air. Our personal handles are at Custody Queen Kristen and at Samantha McBride. If you are going through a custody case yourself and you want a second opinion or you're looking to have a consult with us, please go to custodyqueens.com. You can fill out a contact information form where my team will reach out to you and set up a time to talk to Sam or I. And that's a great place to start. I'm a huge fan of second opinions. Lawyers are like doctors. You should always get more than one assessment of your case because remember, you have to find the right attorney that fits you and your case and your kids. And you can call in at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And our Custody Queens team is growing. We are super excited. If you are a paralegal or an attorney and you think you would be a good fit for our team, please send your resume to Kristen at custodyqueens.com. We would love to talk to you. And remember... Let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us with the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.